0: So today, our guest is Rishab Dev. He is an entrepreneur, growth marketing and e-commerce consultant, author of 101 Ways to Grow Your Startup and a founder of two, two businesses. Thank you. Thank you for making the time, Rish.
1: Thanks, Tatiana. Thanks for having me.
0: So let's start with a bit of background. Tell me a little bit about yourself and, and how you, you got to do what you do now.
1: Sure. So I started off uh, freelancing as a digital marketeer. And this was back when SEO was the only thing in digital marketing. There was no social media to be done. And uh, from there, I evolved to taking up more customers, hiring more uh, people, working with another, you know, other freelancers, a network of freelancers, in fact. So I transitioned to making my own agency, digital marketing agency in 2012. And I've been doing that for the last 10 years. And recently, I've started my own tech startup, which is a social mobile app for learning. So I have been in the social media field for quite a while now, even before it existed, to be honest. So starting with SEO and then transitioning to different disciplines of digital marketing.
0: And 10 years, that's thats quite some time. Like you mentioned, you, you started before everybody started going on social media and all the businesses were focusing and app still focusing huge budgets on that. And I remember I, I used to have an IT company. Um, I started with programming as well, some Ages ago. But I, I remember the time when you had to actually convince people they need a website at all. And now obviously, you know, it's not a it's not a question, it's more like what sort of a website. And and people are more into like every business almost, regardless of their stage, are using some sort of a CRM, some sort of software. So it's a whole different game. How how do you feel has social media changed how businesses do marketing and how they manage their brands? Sure. So for me, it's
1: always, you know, following where the user goes. So if the user is on social media, then the brand has to be on social media. And um, I've seen the journey wherein, you know, brands were like, all right, like you said, you know, do we need a website? And then it was like, we do need a website, but it should just talk about the business. And Mm -hmm. then it was, we need a website, but it should talk about the customer. So getting closer to the customer. Then it was like, we need a website where users can do something and interact with the website. Then it was like, hey, people now are on mobile. So we need a website that loads on mobile. And then Mm -hmm. it was like, people are now going social. So we need a business page on social that links back to the website. It's always been a journey wherein the businesses have followed the user, which is the right track to go on. And uh, I, I often hear some businesses who follow the algorithms And I tell them, just come back to follow the user. Because once you follow Mm. the user, you are going to be on track with the algorithms as well. Because whether it's Google, it's Facebook, it's Twitter, it's LinkedIn, YouTube, whichever channel it is, it just wants to do what the user wants, right? So Mm. if the user appreciates a certain kind of content, it's going to get pushed. You can call it the algorithm, you can call it user behavior, but essentially it's all about following the user. So through that journey, I've seen that how this landscape has changed is essentially when a user goes to a website, the communication is limited to the brands talking about them or the consumer, how they can solve their problems, but now it's other people in the picture, right? So having a social conversation uh, means that it's more important for brands to understand how people are talking to each other Mm -hmm. about, we always say that, you know, branding is about how people talk about you when you are not there. Mm. And that's, That kind of conversation has has been coming in the forefront with social media and brands who were able to adapt to that were the first movers in that space.
0: Something that you said there uh, when you mentioned when brands discovered that they actually have to be on social media as well and you you had that line just now saying they have to have a social media page that leads back to their website. And I feel that's very important. Obviously, I'm, I mean, I'll appear as biased since I am working with domain names. So for me, like the importance of domain names is obvious and it's not to everyone. But I had a conversation yesterday with um, a woman who is specializing in content writing. And and she we touched on that, which I think is very similar with social media and how people do their marketing, where... People end up over-focusing on the algorithms and those rules and what should be where and how should it be written and how should it look instead of actually thinking about the users, the humans. Yeah. Um, and I mean, how how do you feel should or what advice would you give entrepreneurs on getting that balance right? So so obviously you have to be on social media where your users are, but then In a way, don't you want to own your audience and not be dependent always on, you know, whatever algorithm change or rule or I mean, literally like in a day it can change.
1: Absolutely. I mean, um, so it's it's always a compromise between two things. Right. And Mm. uh, there is also a sweet spot, like a balance which you can achieve between the two. Now, if you look at the funnel, there is impressions and reach, right, at some point. And then towards the bottom of the funnel, we have conversions. And at somewhere in between, you will have to eventually get the people in your own list, right? Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: um, what I feel is, like, there are, within the different channels that we have, some of them you are much closer to the audience than other channels so and it also depends on the level of engagement so let me give you an example a simple like on facebook page on your facebook page could be farther away from you versus someone who comments on your posts regularly right hmm. could be away from you to someone who is now in your newsletter and opens your email. You know This is your data. And then eventually you have your CRM, you have your customers who are really close to your brand. You literally have their phone numbers, you have calls with them, you have so it's a spectrum. For me, it's not that, you know, there is a person who you have the data for, who you own and who another channel owns. For me, it's a huge spectrum. And um, I, I want brands to also understand that there are different points on this spectrum. And you also have to consider that, you know, somewhere in the middle of the funnel is in the middle of the spectrum. And that's where that person should be. Right. Hmm. You should. You cannot force every view that you get on a YouTube video to be in your list to also Mm -hmm. have to buy, right? It's always a funnel. And that's the reason why it's a funnel. So there is a place where each audience member of viewer engagement belongs and uh, not every click deserves a name. And that's, that's you know, what I feel that um, brands should also realize that it's okay. You know, I think we have to take it with a pinch of salt that, you know, social media is here to stay. People are going to be on social apps more than they will be on your own website, right? Mm. Which is not a bad thing. However, you need to figure out that there is a percentage of those people that you should be having closer to you, that you should be having in your email mm. list should be having brand conversations with. Uh, Within that, you should have segments of people you want to have closer conversations with and just accept the fact that this is how the funnel and the world of marketing works.
0: That makes sense. Um, You have two brands yourself at the moment that you're working at. Um, Tell me a bit about them. Sure. So Maplinks is my digital marketing company and
1: Maplinks has three business verticals. So it has services wherein we do digital marketing for our clients it has consulting where I personally go on consulting calls with clients. And finally, it has the academy where entrepreneurs and marketeers can learn digital marketing skills. And this has been my main business for the last 10 to 12 years. And recently, I noticed that there is a trend with short videos picking up on Instagram Reels, YouTube Shots, TikTok you know, is the biggest one. And there, there are a lot of these videos for entertainment, and I wanted to bring in some educational value to that ecosystem. So I launched EduPops, which is a short video app for learning. So you can learn with short one-minute videos, just like you would do with a social media app. And uh, that's the second brand that I'm building. And as you've seen, which you also mentioned with you know, I've chosen the names very carefully: MapLinks and Edupops. And mm. there's some that I, you know, <coughs> some that I usually follow when I pick brand names.
0: Yeah, I was I was gonna ask you because they they are quite similar <coughs> in a the way. They're both uh, unique names that that you've made up, and they're very descriptive.
1: Right. So, um, I mean, I have a few rules when it comes to naming uh, my companies. The first one, which is the hardest, is that I should have the .com domain available for the names, (laughs) not like any other domain names outside of the .com. I know that people have different opinions on this one, but for me personally, I just feel .com is my preferred domain name. And uh, with the names, you know, I think that the most important thing is one, that you have a story. And second, Mm. that the name can either tell a story by itself or at least you can tell a story about the name to your customers or your target audience. Mm. And uh, the third and the final thing is that the story should connect with the name to the people. Mm. So if there is, is, you know, basically, if there is a story and there is a connect, then you have a good name.
0: Mm. So for
1: me, it's, um, you know... Uh map links is all about digital marketing. And if you if you boil down to the unit economics of digital marketing, it's all about links. It's all about UIs. Mm. Like eventually, link is what gets you from one place to another. If your website mm-hmm. is your doors, you like social media, this and that, you all are all you're tracking is links, all you're sharing is links. You know, it could be a video, it could be audio, it could be text, but eventually link is the currency of the digital mm-hmm. marketing.
0: And I like that. Yeah. You know,
1: and, and building a map of these links is what um uh, you know is the concept that we do with a digital marketing agency we are essentially building a huge map of links and uh, that's how i came up with the name map links and i added a, a another p for the magic so it's map links.
0: <laughs>
1: so yeah that's the story behind the first name and mm. uh with edu pops, you know, it's um it's it it sounded pretty nice to me. I was looking at uh different names and uh, I wanted to make short videos for educational value. So edu comes from there, and pops is just it pops up, it's it's short, it's quick. And if you even if you see the name TikTok, you know, yeah, it, it
0: has that ring, yeah.
1: Has that ring to it. Um so I have the ring, I have the story. People like the name, you know, when they hear edu pops short videos for learning it makes a
0: lot of sense yeah, so it absolutely makes sense i agree yeah. i mean it's literally what you imagine so and it's it's very playful as well so yeah i like that right. and uh, a bit more on edu is it targeted to a specific audience age how does it how does it work who can benefit from that
1: So I'm quite sure this would appeal a lot to Gen Z and millennials both considering that, you know, they love bite-sized short content and uh, also considering the fact that attention spans are lower. Um, So it makes sense for them to be able to consume on the go, as well as I would say any busy professionals. So young professionals, entrepreneurs, marketeers, you know, they may not have time to take a long 10-hour course and they might just want to get a summary. So this is mm. the same reason why book summaries are so much more popular now than the original books because uh, you know repurposed mm-hmm. in different ways they have many more views sometimes if you collectively add the views of a video of book summaries versus a full version of a book you know it's gonna it's gonna surpass the book readers
0: mm.
1: so, so that's how popular you know summaries and short form content is.
0: And for creators of content, is that like, do you create the content and then uh, people can consume it? Or or can you have creators on the platform that can share their content in that format?
1: Absolutely. So we are moving from the first to the second. And, mm-hmm. uh, initially we were curating content and, you know, I create a lot of content online. So I have a lot of videos on EduPops. I have friends who have, uh, you know, uh, mega influencers, micro-influencers, all of these people who have videos on EduPops. And eventually now we are developing the platform wherein people can come in, create videos, edit them and post them. That's the mm-hmm. next phase of development. So we are still pretty early stage, but this is the, uh, this is the progression.
0: Wonderful. Yeah, I'll, I'll have a look, actually. I mean, and, and I have kids as well, so the, the it's very, very hard to get them to, you know, like you said, the attention span is a problem. And also, I think they, they're so, like, we kind of grew up with one and the other. For them, I can see that literally the school system is not managing to catch up with Providing them with the type of content that now they're used to, because they're sitting looking at a lesson in a book, and like in ten minutes you can tell they're struggling. <laughs> they they can't do like hours of just reading text on paper, and I I don't like that. But I'm like, I mean, what are you gonna do? That's where they are. That's the world they're growing up with, and that's how they live. And you, as a parent, I'm not sure I have like the right solution. So something like what you're doing could well be helpful in that direction
1: right? I mean, the evolution of schooling is a bit slow in my opinion. Mm. So we had school uh, and then we have the digital classroom. We need a school 3.0 now, you know, which is basically Mm. like an upgraded version because it's, I mean, even as a school, you are a business and your user, your target audience, your student is changing, right? So you have to adapt Mm. how they are changing. It's the same, uh, same
0: process. Yeah, unfortunately, it doesn't go quick enough. But I guess that leaves uh, opportunity for businesses to kind of fill in that space and and be of help on that. And hence the boom in ad tech, right? So. Mm, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, we had a report on that recently. We uh, yeah. were looking at, we're analyzing top brands in this space, and you can definitely see that. Obviously, the pandemic also helps, but generally, I think it's uh, it's a space that we're going to see a lot more innovation in absolutely how do you see we, we touched a little bit on on domains and and on naming in your naming process in terms of domain names how do you see their like you've been in space for quite some time how do you see their importance change over time
1: right so one of the you know bigger trends that i'm noticing is that um, so i used to just to give you a background i used to buy domains all the time And this was a hobby of mine. So I would collect Mm. domains like, you know, my friends would collect baseball cards or something. So I would (laughs) would like to collect these, you know, domains. And I was in uh, back in college, you know, I was just buying domains and I was seeing, you know, what are the domains that have the right keywords? Okay. And if I have the right keywords, then I can probably sell it to someone who wants to create a business around that keyword. And uh, I see that with smart branding, for example. So that's cool because we have the keyword in the domain and it's very easy. Uh, there are two simple words that people know. People already know those words. They'll always remember this and it has the flow. Uh, you know, this is a great template to start with. Another one I've seen is a, is a great trend. In between, I saw that, you know, there were trends that come in with .ai domains and that, you know, there are different extensions. But I feel that the, you know, .com is, you know, the, the preference eventually goes back to .com. So there are these different trends that keep coming in. That's one thing that I have in mind for extensions. I also prefer domains which don't have any hyphens or underscores or whatever. I've seen a lot of domains with a lot of those dashes and hyphens in between, you know, stuffing keywords with hyphens at some mm. point it becomes a bit too much. And um, unique names are really something that if you can have a unique name, wherein you can also build a connection with a brand and be able to tell a story then you're in a very good position and that's essentially the same uh, thing that i followed with maplings and edupops mm. because i literally own these names right and um, if someone is searching for these keywords then uh, once i've built a brand of course then my com domain is dominating these names so i do feel that this is an interesting trend to explore outside of the uh, outside of the keyword which is which is also another cool way of doing it mm. And then I also feel that there was uh, in between a trend of having domain names, and then you know people would people would get a .com, and then they would get all of the other extensions in order to maintain the branding and I think that that's it's become less and less relevant now as long as you can build because search engines have become better algorithms have become better as long as you can signal to the search engines that you know you own this domain name and you have enough content you should be more or less fine it's hard for someone to just if I'm running this business for 12 years I don't have all the extensions Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm bidding it for .dot for map links for example yeah I don't presume someone is going to create an extension and then just suddenly get all my clients, you know? So this was like kinds of fears that people used to have. And I had discussions about domain names. These trends, you know, some trends keep going in and out, but then some things like the fundamentals are here to stay.
0: I think there's uh, registrars that are kind of playing into that as well, because I get myself some emails sometimes like there's some new extension and they're like, go get your name in that extension before. Or, and the thing is, when you don't have the .com, which is whether we like it or, or not, it, it's literally like been there for as long as the internet has been there and and, and it, it's a brand of its own like people naturally think and go to that as a default. So you're going to be fighting human nature, basically, if you're doing anything else. But if you don't have it, then I see a lot of entrepreneurs do that, where they're like, oh, I don't need the .com. I can't you know, be bothered, or I can't. I don't have the cash to invest in it, or I, I can not justify it, whatever the, the reason is. And then they are hopping around, trying to buy all the other extensions. But the other way around, once you have the com, like you mentioned, I, I don't think it's it makes much sense to just go around buying random extensions. And generally, I guess to my advice would be to to our listeners um, and see if you agree would be to just have a domain strategy. Like, don't just leave it to chance or to you know your cousin or whoever uh, advised you on whatever. It, it's a important decision and it's an important thing and so maybe your business does need to have some country extensions for example and that would improve your marketing maybe it doesn't i don't know but you have to think about that and not just you know go around buying all of it or none of it without any sense
1: right and i completely agree i would also like to give an anti-example of a strategy that you should not have
0: (laughs) Go ahead.
1: my friend did this uh he found a very good name for his startup And uh, this uh, name was actually, it sounded pretty nice. And he wanted to get the domain name. So he said he he just went on, uh, you know, he just put .com and then he he saw it's not available. So what he told me was that I'm going to buy the other extension. And then when I raise funding, then I'm going to get the .com because Um. it costs so much money. And I said, dude, you're never going to be able to do that because <laughs> by the time you bake a brand, by the time you raise funding, the price is going to go up. So he didn't realize the fact that the prices will keep changing, the owners will keep changing and they will just wait for him to raise funding so that he can then go back. And I've seen other startup entrepreneurs do this as well. They're like, let's just start with .NET or .AR or .whatever, and then we'll mm-hmm. slowly back If .com is really expensive, then we'll buy it later once we have the money. I would suggest doing the opposite. Mm. Either a different name, if you don't have the money, if you have the money, buy the .com first. And then you can, if you need something else, you can always buy that.
0: Mm, absolutely and uh, i actually wrote an article on that some time ago where because i i hear that a lot when i talk to people "I, i don't need the those common people can find me on google i don't need it i don't need it and and that was the title of my article like you're saying you don't need it but you're gonna end up paying for it and not owning it in the end because you are building that brand people are gonna look for that name people are gonna go to that name so you okay you're not gonna pay you know six figures or whatever for that name you're gonna pay a lot more either for that name later on. And in that case, at least, you know, let's be hoping it's going to be available and you're going to have it, or you're going to end up paying for the literally lifetime of your brand to fill in that gap of people that are still going to go there. You know, losing emails, losing traffic, confusion, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I have people, oh my God, I have people that write to me about a domain name from a company that has dot something they're writing to me about the .com and in their email, they put the .com. So they, they're getting their own email wrong. It's like, that's your company, your email. Like imagine how many of your clients are doing that all the time.
1: True. I mean, even even the even browsers, you know, the shortcuts on browsers default to .com, right? So like there's mm. there's so many ways to actually make that mistake. In fact, since you mentioned that you're not going to pay six figures, I actually have a client of mine who did pay six figures to get a .com domain name eventually because... Mm started a .us domain name, considering that their target audience was mostly U.S. And uh, I was consulting them on their e-commerce. So we scaled their, uh, you know, online store to like seven figures. And then we said, you know, we have sold to everyone in the U.S. So what do you (laughs) want to do now? we We want to go to Canada. You need to buy all of those domain names. And he said, doesn't it make sense? I need the .com domain name because I really need it. And I said, yeah, let's get it. Finally, it was like six figures. And we had to get the .com domain name eventually. So mm. if there was some scope before starting the store, he could have just modified the name a little bit and got a .com domain name, saved six figures. And, you know, e-commerce margins are not that crazy high. So there's, the money comes from the business, but at the same time, you could have saved a lot of money by doing that mm. by spending a little bit more. Mm. In the
0: yeah, like I said earlier, in, in all cases, where people shouldn't just think, oh, just anything will do. It, it just has to be so true. It has to be serious it has to be you know you should consult with, with people whose job it is just like you do with a lot of other things like you don't just go oh I'm gonna just do my taxes myself because I know how to do that and then you're like oops. Um, last thing where can people reach you? Great so
1: um LinkedIn is one of the channels that I'm most active on. My name is rishabh Dev uh Rish is my nickname there so you can find me on LinkedIn. Um YouTube is another one so people can go on my channel it's called Maplinks. Uh, that's the youtube channel i think those are the places where i'm most active on i've recently started tweeting but not very aggressively
0: (laughs) good all right well that that's been a pleasure um thank you again for making the time um and yeah have a good day
1: same here you too take care